Hi, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4. Boy, oh boy, Mom, you sure know how to hydrate a good podcast. Welcome to Hydrate Level 4. I'm your host, Peter. Thank you for joining me today on another bonus episode, Part 2, with Speaking with Sarah Gailey. If you haven't heard the first episode, Sarah Gailey recently watched the original Star Wars trilogy for the first time and live tweeted it. Her comedic take gave everyone life, everyone was sharing it, Mashable wrote a story about it, and she has become an internet sensation. And I feel that the world kind of wanted to know what she had to say about The Force Awakens. I did extend an invite for her to return, which she did, and graced us with her presence, her Jedi ghost presence, if you will, and gave us her review and her thoughts on The Force Awakens. And this is that conversation. Hey, Sarah, it's Peter. Hey, Peter, how's it going? Hey, good. How are you doing? Doing great. Glad that we could, uh, could make time today. So, back by popular demand, you are coming back on the show this time to uh, give us your opinions on uh, The Force Awakens, Star Wars Episode Seven. Yes. I saw it night before last with my good friend Sunil Patel and my husband. So, immediately after our recording? Yeah, uh, maybe two, three hours afterwards. And um, you were, okay, so you were obviously, how, what was your anticipation level like uh, going into that movie? Extremely high. I've been hearing so much, you know, positive buzz about it. And after watching the first three, you know, I had heard a lot of things like, oh, this new movie is A, so much better than the prequels, and B, is, you know, really true to form and, you know, references the original trilogy a lot. So I was really pumped about it. And also, you know, excited because I was getting to go and spend some time, frankly, away from the internet. It's been really fun, but a little overwhelming how much response yeah. I've been getting. Um, so I was excited to be able to turn my phone off for, you know, two whole hours. Yeah, that that must have been nice, just to turn everything away and just kind of, like, focus in the movie and just kind of go on an adventure, right? Exactly, and that was completely what it felt like. And now, uh, the, I haven't decided on a title for this episode yet. I was kind of thinking, you know, Sarah Gailey, Episode 2, The Return of the Tweeter. You know, something like that, but that, sound, that sounds a little long. <laughs> uh, so I might just put, like, Sarah Gailey, Episode 2. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll have to think about it. But just in case, for those that missed out on the fir- your first appearance on here, and for whatever reason went straight to the second one just because it'll probably say something like you're reviewing The Force Awakens, that kind of thing, can you tell the listeners uh-huh. a little bit like uh, how, how why, why we're even here doing this? Yeah, sure. So my, uh, my credentials are limited at best. So if you're coming here for a serious in-depth Force uh, you, Awakens You're being a little modest. A little modest here. You're you're internet sensation expert on Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, so I'm internet sensation Sarah Gailey. There we go. Um, I live tweeted the original trilogy after I watched it for the very first time uh, a couple of days ago. And since then have suddenly completely blown up. Um, I just checked the stats right before, uh, right before I started talking to you, Peter, and it's the store size of the live tweets have gotten 2.9 million combined views. Holy sucks. Which is, yeah, I know. I saw, I saw that kind of, you know, went a little gray out for a second. Um, and the uh, Mashable article that was written about them has had 25.5 thousand shares on social media. So I'm uh, 
I'm I'm blowing up a little bit. And, okay, this is the craziest part, Peter. Mark Hamill liked one of my tweets. Yeah, I saw that. You retweeted that. That's that's pretty darn awesome. Yeah, I there was on my when I retweeted it, I said I'm trying to stay cool about this, but in real life, I was definitely doing a lot of yelling and jumping around. <laughs> that is that that's a bucket list thing right there that you could cross off. No kidding. You guys are pretty much uh, you guys are BFFs now. Yeah, I mean, I I assume that he's going to come over for dinner one of these days, and we just need to schedule it. Well, I I he might even come over for uh, for New Year celebration. That would be cool, Mark. You're invited if you're there listening. We go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I think actually now that Mark Hamill has liked one of your tweets, they're clearly going to make a movie about your story now. Oh, my gosh. That would be weird. Um, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I think it would be. If, if they were going to do that, I would hope that Mark Hamill would have a cameo. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I think that would be great. And Daisy Ridley should play you. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That is too, too flattering. She's incredible. <laughs> you know what? Let, let's let's get into it. Um, yeah. And before we do so, this is the last chance for. It's hard to imagine that there's still people that haven't seen it that would listen to a review podcast. But uh, you, the listener, this is your last chance to jump off because we will get into spoilers. Uh, I'm sure we'll reference, you know, the original trilogy, which you also live tweeted, Sarah. And, um, you know, we will get into spoilers for Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. So at this point, I will go ahead and play some music to give the listener a chance to uh, pause the episode, you know, watch the movie and come back and, and hear your thoughts on it. So at this point... Last chance. Here we go. Okay, and again, I know I, I just said last chance, but coming back from the music, this is this is it. There's no going back now. We will get into spoilers. Run while you can. Run while you can. So uh, this movie, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, came out uh, December 18th, I believe it was, 2015. It's directed uh, by J.J. Abrams, written by Lawrence Kasdan, who also had a hand in uh, the, the original trilogies. J.J. Uh, Abrams himself also had some writing credits, and Michael Arndt. Uh, some of the actors in this here, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, reprised their roles uh, in this movie. And also uh, newcomers, Adam Driver as Kylo Ren, Daisy Ridley as Rey, John Boyega as Finn 218, oh, I'm sorry, FN 2-2187, just in case somebody's going to, you know, write in and correct me on that, <laughs> uh, a.k.a. Finn, as uh, Oscar Isaac's character Poe Dameron uh, renames him. Lupita Nyong'o uh, is also in here, Andy Serkis, and anybody else? Well, obviously, Anthony Daniels returns as um, a Gold Robot Man, and Peter Mayhew as, uh, was it Harry Monster? Of course. Okay, there we go. I, I wasn't sure if I remembered that correctly. So, oh, this yeah, star- the, the, the hair monster. The hair monster. I'm sorry. As, as I stand corrected. <laughs> okay. I you. Yeah, okay. Um, let's start <laughs> with, you want to st- which characters do you want to go with first, the, the returning characters or the new ones? Um, let's do the new ones. Okay. First. All right. So the, the movie, we start with uh, Poe uh, po Dameron. Is the the first character? Mm-hmm. The, the, well, I guess actually, 
BB uh, BB eight is the first one, no? Um, I let's just start with yeah. BB-8. I feel like they come in right around the same time, so I would not trust my memory to say which one comes in, you know, precisely first. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's start with the new droid because we did talk about him uh, in your first episode. Uh, what yes. did you think about BB eight? Oh my god, I love BB eight. Okay, first of all, just in and of itself, BB eight was so much fun. Um, I've seen male and female pronouns online about BB-8, but I'll stick with male. Um, he was had this totally great personality. The graphics, I thought, were beautiful. Although, is it true that they did some practical effects for BB-8? Apparently they did, and I believe it involves magnets. So, it, I mean, I was just totally blown away by how much personality they were able <sighs> to get something without You're right. any kind of a face. Um and also, it was it would have been so easy to just do you know like a a R two D two sequel bot you know yeah. to just try and reprise that and say we're going to make R two D two cool or gritty or whatever. But they did this totally new amazing thing with a lot of great visual gags and comedy and a lot of pathos and it was just wonderful. Any uh, favorite scenes of his that you have? You know what? <laughs> I, I'm not allowed to say all of them. So I would say I'll pull out three. Okay. Um, in the Millennium Falcon, when Ray says you need to hang on, and obviously BB-8, you look at him and you're like, oh, you can't hang on to anything. And uh, they take kind of a sharp turn, and BB-8 is in midair and shoots out three cables. Yeah. To grab stuff. I thought that I laughed out loud when that happened. It was just so unexpected and fabulous. Yeah. Um, when they chase down Finn in the marketplace. Okay. And BB-8 immediately starts zapping him. <laughs> right, with the taser. <laughs> was so much fun. And that, you know, by itself is like, oh, okay, this is a different character from R2-D2 because R2-D2, I feel like, would have beeped and booped and staffed, but BB-8 is just not taking any shit from anybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and there was a moment in the, in the film when BB-8 finds R2-D2 and is, you know, very clearly trying to say hello, trying to engage in R2-D2, not responding. And BB-8 does this thing that reminded me for all the world of Littlefoot in... Um, the Land Before Time. Yeah, in The Land Before Time, thank you. Trying to wake up his his dead mom. Oh, I'm sorry yeah. to bring that up. I know for a <laughs> lot of people that's a, a hard one to remember, but it was this very like soulful, what's wrong with you kind of moment between two robots. Yeah. And I was just Oh my gosh, I loved it. Yeah, the third one was when um, when BB-8 finds kind of the defunct R2-D2 and goes up and is like trying to wake him up. Ah, yes. Yeah, That's that was a cute scene. One. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, let's see. And then how about uh, Poe Dameron, uh, played by Oscar Isaac there? Oh, I thought he was super fun. Um, I felt like he brought the young Han Solo swagger. Mm-hmm. You know, there was something... But I really, you know, I know we're not going all the way into the characters that came back, but older Han Solo, I really enjoyed the fact that he was, you know, Harrison Ford was playing an older Han Solo. He wasn't just trying to play the same, you know, kind of headstrong, young guy. Um, And I really felt like Poe was playing that young, headstrong guy and bringing that flavor in that we like so much in the original trilogy. Um, I'm definitely rooting for him and Finn, <laughs> I uh, 
<laughs> I am with the majority of the internet on that. Um, I'm in that I'm, circle too. We're, we're shipping Finn and Poe for sure. <laughs> absolutely. I think on Ellen, they uh, I haven't watched it, but uh, I want to say like something was shared where they were both kind of talking about their relationship and they both uh, took turns saying that they were trying to play it romantic between the two. Oh, really? Yeah, So, but but I haven't seen the clip, oh, I so I, I, I don't know if they were playing up on the speculation, you know, like just humoring us, or were they being serious? Yeah. So that I don't know, so I have to watch the clip to find out. Yeah, no, I, I mean, they had a ton of chemistry. The Finn-wearing Poe's jacket for so long, I thought was so sweet and tender. I didn't even think about it that way. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, a girl wearing a letter jacket. Yeah, exactly. Um, I kind of loved that, you know, they they were, it felt like in the script, there was intended to be this kind of will they, won't they between Ray and Finn. And right. I love that they never really, you know, there's no kiss. There's no like big, I'm into you moment. And so for me watching that, it was like, wow, this really seems like a best friendship forming or, you know, like a partnership forming mm-hmm. between the two of them. And the romantic interest is definitely elsewhere. I agree. Uh, I personally, for me, I liked the um, the scene in the beginning where Poe meets Kylo Ren for the first time, and then oh, po- yeah. Poe's like, "How do we do this? Do you talk? Do I talk?" <laughs> <laughs> kind of sets the sets the tone for the entire story, right? After afterwards, absolutely, and it really sets up. You know, it's Kylo Ren is very just like Darth Vader in the original trilogy. He's theatrically intimidating. He's going for a look. He doesn't even need the mask, as we quickly find out. He's, like, trying to reference someone who everyone knows as a legend who is scary. Um, And then you've got Poe, who's just like, I'm not going to participate in this. You know, I'm I'm not as scared of you as you want me to be. And I loved it. And it set up such a great dynamic between the comedy of the movie and the drama of the movie. What did you uh, think about Kylo Ren's voice? I loved it. I thought it was pretty great. I have to say, I did think that it would have been totally inappropriate, but hilarious is when he finally took his helmet off. We found out that his real voice was like high and fluting. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I recognized that they couldn't really do that. Did um, what, what was the audience's reaction when he did remove the mask? Because in, uh, in my theater, and I watched this opening night too, so I feel like it was a lot of hardcore fans, you know, for opening night. And uh, when they when he removed his mask to reveal Adam Driver, there was a, a bit of you know some, some laughter kind of kind of uh, spread spread around the theater there. Oh, really? Yeah, like uh, as if he didn't seem too intimidating when they showed his face. Like, wait, wait, this guy? Huh. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. There, you know, there wasn't really an audible reaction in the theater. I will tell you that my internal reaction was. Oh my God, that hair! I think everybody had that same. Uh, you know what? Maybe, maybe that's what they're laughing at. Maybe I, I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't getting that. You know, maybe it wasn't so much his face. It was, it was the hair. Like, how did that fit all under that mask? Well, you know, I gotta say. I mean, first of all, I think that his hair is incredible, and sure. I want to know what product he uses because pa- that is Paul a Mitchell. beautiful body. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, it's occurred to me that you know, it almost seems referential to the shape of Darth Vader's helmet, right? Darth Vader's helmet has that little flare. Okay, I can see it. To it. And just looking at that, I was like, huh, that's not, doesn't seem too different. And I can see, you know, 
this teenager who's clearly idolizing Darth Vader, growing out his hair and thinking, yeah, that looks cool. Right. He's obviously trying to be like his granddaddy. Oh, so much. Uh, one of my favorite scenes between Finn and uh, Poe is when they're trying to leave. And Finn's like, you know, well, Poe asks him, why are you helping me? And he's like, because it's the right thing to do. He's like, you, you need a pilot. It's like, yeah, I need a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, again, you know, this dramatic moment that is allowed to hang just long enough before being broken by a more realistic dialogue, which yeah. I, I mean, that was a hilarious moment and just, just great dynamic between the two of them. Those kids are going to be so happy together. Yeah, the the dialogue, like you just mentioned, it, it is pretty realistic, right? I mean, just right after that scene, you know, um, mm-hmm. Finn, you know, he kind of like whispers like, oh, you know, uh, stay calm. And Paul's like, I, I am calm. He goes, no, I'm talking to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Those two have some great, great moments. Yeah. Um, let's see, did you have any favorite uh, scenes with Finn? And now, and before you get into that, I want to hear your thoughts on the character. Because I've heard some mixed things. Some people have said he was too comical for being the stormtrooper that was kind of, you know, bred to be like a killer kind of thing. Uh, keep in mind, mm-hmm. he is, you know, I guess his job was like in sanitation. But uh, what did you think about his character? Was he too funny? So, I mean, the thing is, he was in sanitation, but all the stormtroopers are expected to be soldiers, right? So... Even if you're in, and, you know, being in sanitation on a space station is still a, a complex job. So I'd give him more credit than I think some would for sanitation work. That said, I, I love his character because he was goofy and he was a little, you know, he was a little silly. But he also, you could tell that he had been trained to kill from birth because, you know, as soon as he gets a weapon, he's firing and hitting people. You know, when he has, um, uh, he's got a fight with some guy who has like a a zappy stick. Yeah, it was like a, <laughs> it was like sure a, a baton. I'm sure fans yeah. will appreciate that is probably the real term for it, right? Zappy stick. Um, you know, he's got that fight. He really holds his own, and so he's got you know a goofy, friendly side, but also is really good at what he was trained to do. Yeah. Um, his personality reminded me so much of Doug the dog from Up. I don't. It's been a while since I've seen that. So Doug the dog is the golden retriever. Okay. You know, and he has been his entire life with all these other dogs, and all the other dogs are like soldier dogs, right, like German shepherds and Rottweilers and stuff who are really serious and really good at what they're doing. And as soon as Doug the dog meets a friendly person, he latches onto them, and he's like, I love you. You're, you know, different from everything that I've ever known before. And I can be silly around you. And I feel like there's a little bit of that happening with Finn, where he's finally meeting people who, you know, when he meets Poe, Poe is silly. And that makes him happy, and he can be silly back. And so I think yeah. it totally makes sense for him to have that level of nuance and personality. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's a great chemistry, and um, Poe kind of grounds him, right? M- makes him feel yeah, like more like a, like a real person. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Okay, uh, let's see here. What did you think about Supreme Leader Snoke, overgrown Gollum? Yeah, yeah. I didn't have, honestly, a whole lot of feelings about him. I think his, you know, no no disrespect to his Supreme Leader status. I thought his name was a little silly. Okay. Um, and I kept on watching him, and my husband had the same experience watching him and going, he looks so familiar. But how can he look familiar because he's a CG hologram? Um, and then later, 
I think my husband had told me that he was played in motion capture by the same guy who did Gollum. Is that right? That is right. Andy Serkis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's so funny that it's like, wow, this guy really looks, you know, he really comes through in the motion capture, which I just thought was so cool. Do you think he's actually a little person or how big do you think he really is? Oh, I think he's got to be super tiny. Yeah. In you know, when he's not being a hologram. Smaller than an Ewok. Yeah, I think Snoke's got to be super tiny because I'm sorry, if you blow yourself up that big to be a hologram, you're compensating. Yeah, yeah, right. It's the uh, Napoleon complex, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, all right. I like it. Now, we haven't talked about Ray yet. You're right. We, I, well, I was saving the best for last. Oh, okay. Um, I'm, I'm excited to talk about her. I'm sorry for jumping the gun. No problem. Let's get into her because... I, after watching the movie, I think I am in love with Daisy Ridley. Yes, absolutely. So everyone will have to fight me for her. <laughs> I will, I will get in line. Okay. All right. Sounds good. He is incredible. I mean, just like, okay, so just, just talking about the character, because Daisy Ridley's acting ability is its whole own thing. Um, that is incredible and wonderful. But just talking about the character and how she's written and, you know, filmed and portrayed, I was totally blown away. I was, first of all, deeply, deeply happy that they didn't try and make her, like, sexy new lady Jedi. Yeah. You know, uh, Daisy really is lovely and, you know, not at all to disparage her looks or anything, but the character I felt like was written and she was, I'm sure, directed this way, to be young and tough and hopeful and the focus wasn't on you know let's put her in some skimpy clothes that get strategically ripped during a battle so that we can sell posters right um it was like she struggled but she still has this little bit of naivete you know that really comes through in that beautiful wonderful scene where she puts the helmet on Mm -hmm. right in the beginning oh i love that scene that was so sweet and it was like look this is a kid you know She's being allowed to be a kid. Yeah, it was a really cute scene, and I actually tweeted this out, and uh, I kind of compared that scene to, like, seeing your girlfriend wearing your favorite sports jersey. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I want a poster of that. (laughs) (laughs) I just loved her, and I loved... I'm so glad that we're doing... that we already warned about spoilers. Otherwise, I think people would actually kill me for talking about this. In the final fight when she is kind of like she's holding her own against Kylo Ren right in the lightsaber battle she's holding her own very very well and then she remembers the force and you know I'm sure that he was using it the entire time as best he could but she remembers it and then she starts using it and you realize you know it's like in the princess bride when Mm -hmm. uh Wesley reveals that he's not left-handed either Mm mm-hmm you know, and he starts fighting and really just kicking ass. Um, it was awesome. Now, do you think she is force sensitive, or do you think there's a um, a relation uh, to her and a Skywalker? Oh, definitely. Oh my who, gosh, yeah. Who do you think she is in relation to them? She's definitely Luke's daughter, for yeah. sure. And he dropped her off when he was, you know, running off to go yet again. By the way, jerk his duties and pass out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Luke. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, basically, Kylo Ren 
and her are cousins. Yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. Everything that I've seen and everything that I've read, everything that I've heard about Star Wars is it's all family drama. You know, it's a it's a soap opera, right. and everyone is related. Did you have uh, some favorite scenes? I'm sure you do. What well, what are your favorite scenes of uh, Ray? Okay. Oh God, that's hard to pick. I mean, her fighting is amazing. I love the scenes where she's fearless. You know, she she as someone with a great fear of heights myself. Every time that she is in a high place, just climbing around, um, I kind of was half covering my eyes. But she, you know, her character is just totally fearless. I love, love, love when, uh, you know, shit's kind of going down at the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And Finn keeps trying to grab her hand to run with her. And she keeps saying, don't touch me. You know, it's like she doesn't need your help. When he says, are you okay? And she says, yeah. You know, it's like, of course I'm okay. I don't need you. I'm tougher than you. Right. Yeah. And he, and he saw that because he saw her getting attacked and he was going to go help her. But witnesses her kind of holding her own and kicking ass. Yeah, it was great. I love how self-actualized she is. You know, she's good at stuff and she's confident. She's not, you know, a lot of a lot of the popular female heroines these days are like, oh, she doesn't realize that she's beautiful and that she's perfect at everything and that she's the chosen one. Instead, this was, she's got serious abandonment baggage. Yeah. You know, she's got some major issues there. And she's been through some hard stuff, but she knows that she's good at things. Yeah. I I was actually, I felt that I was in Finn's shoes. And this is this is credit to uh, Daisy Ridley for playing this role so well. But when, um, you know, Finn's looking at her and BB-8, you know, kind of beep-boop beeps, you know, uh, to, to Ray. And then Ray looks up and sees Finn and you see her coming at him. You're like run Finn run you know so I was really in that moment too like she was scaring me you know I I wanted to to yell at Finn to run oh her face when she was coming for him was amazing that was such someone had you know I was uh, kind of yelling on the internet with some friends about how great she was and someone just said remember when she made the grr face at Finn yes and that's exactly what it was it was beautiful it was uh, any other scenes that uh, stick out for you with her? Um, you know, I, I would end up basically just listing everything that I remember of her from the film. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say, overall, um, I'm so happy that girls who are going to be watching this movie and maybe this is their introduction to Star Wars or maybe they had only seen the originals and seen you know very few women in in the films and in films in general, especially sci-fi fantasy, female representation is a big issue right now. I'm so happy that they're going to be seeing a female character who is strong and tough and doesn't have a romantic story in this particular film and who knows it and who is totally okay with it and happy being confident and comfortable in her skin. I just, I lo- it, it makes me very deeply happy. Yeah, absolutely. I, and uh, we got to credit J.J. Uh, Abrams for the direction of this movie. You know, because a lot of uh, his previous stuff, especially like on TV and stuff, they're usually um, led by like a strong, you know, female character. Yeah, he's I mean, he's just totally killing it. I'm, you know, incredibly awed by him. Um, And frankly, his entire direction of this movie, all of it, you can tell that it was made by someone who loves Star Wars and who knows Star Wars. And there are, you know, explicit references to the original trilogy everywhere, you know, things that characters specifically say or characters who come back and show up. But there's also cinematic references like, you know, landscape views of the desert 
and practical effects with puppetry that mm-hmm. are, you know, these great visual references that just show a deep love and understanding of the original trilogy. And it was, I mean, it just, every time that I saw something like that, I was, you know, uh, kind of cheering from my feet. Yeah. Now, uh, I, I don't know if you were exposed to this at all on the internet, but a lot of people are drawing like the comparisons that uh, The Force Awakens is pretty much a remake of A New Hope. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I don't think that I could speak to it with any degree of expertise, but mm-hmm. I, I honestly felt like it was, it felt to me like an extension of the original trilogy, mm-hmm. which I thought was perfect. You know, the original trilogy was the Star Wars that people loved. The prequel trilogy is the one that everybody shits on because it was such a departure. Right, you know, I mean, there were a lot of reasons, but I think one of them that I've heard a lot about is that stylistically it was so different and not trying to be an extension of that original trilogy. I think that you could say that it was a remake the same way that you could say that the third movie in the original trilogy was a remake of the first one, which is to say not at all. It just is, it belongs, mm-hmm. Does, if that makes sense. It does, absolutely. That's some great wording there. That's that's the, the words of a writer, people (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) do you want to move on to uh the returning characters yeah yeah absolutely let's start with um gold robot man not not a lot there but i thought his introduction was great you know where we see him in uh who does he talk to is he talking to han solo yeah so he uh han sees leia for the first time there's been all this buildup that they haven't seen each other for a long time And it's another one of these great moments where there's a dramatic thing happening, right? They see each other for the first time. They're kind of staring at each other. And it's like, oh, my gosh, we're seeing each other again for the first time. What's going to happen? And it's allowed to hang for just long enough. But before it can get cheesy or overdramatic, you know, C-3PO steps in and breaks the tension by being goofy and a little bit awkward and not realizing it. Uh, I thought that was so much fun. Yeah, and yeah, he's just like, oh, I don't, I don't know if you recognize me because I have the uh, the red arm. You know, I thought yeah, I was is, just is a... that a reference to anything in particular, or is it just that no one in these movies is allowed to keep all their original limbs? Well, because he's been like kind of taken apart and put back together so often, we we've seen him like in various stages of his form, kind of thing. Right. And I feel like maybe like C three PO, he really believes like you may not recognize me because you know droids they miss pieces and and uh, have things replaced. So you you really could had thought that maybe it's not him. You know what I mean? So right. I, that's what I want to say. But also, I wonder if it's kind of a nod that somebody always loses an arm, you know, in these movies. Yeah. Like, you've mentioned that before, and so maybe that's what this was. Yeah, these guys need to take some lessons on how to hang on to limbs. Yeah, yeah, because I'm not an expert either, and that's just kind of, you know, that's what I've heard and, you know, trying to draw my own conclusions from what people are saying as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Um, now... Uh, space trash can, the, the space trash can there. He doesn't have a whole lot to do, but we do see him, you know, in a comatose stage, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But then he awakens later, and um, well, he's got the the other piece, right, of the of the map. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, he's got the big of piece it. of it. Yeah. Yeah, that was the one thing that confused me a little bit. Is like, you know, if he had just come out of low power mode earlier. A lot of the movie wouldn't have, wouldn't have happened. Um, but also, it's I I maybe I just didn't catch it, but what made him 
come out of his low power mode. Like, I'm not sure what triggered that. Did it trigger after uh, the big, the big, uh, well, we're going to save this part, you know, obviously, I mean, I know we're in spoilers, about, but it, I think it happened after the the, the big scene there in the this movie. The killer explosion? Yeah, something. Yeah. So I'm like, is the explosion what made him wake up? I wasn't really clear on that, and that is probably on me. That's probably my lack of comprehension. Yeah, of and some, uh, uh, again, like I've, you know, this stuff flies over my head, you know, like a TIE fighter. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so I, don't, I don't catch things either. You know, I, I always make the joke on this show that I, I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm not Drax, so things will fly over my head and I, I cannot catch it. Yeah, 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 I'm right there with you. Okay, all right. So, um, the, okay, so let's go to, okay, do you want to move to General Organa? Yes. Um, and can I just say thank you for addressing her by her title also. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that was so. that I loved. I, I loved hearing people call her General Organa because she's, you know, not just a princess. She is a military leader, and she was crushing it. Um, I thought, by the way, I thought that Carrie Fisher looked great. Uh, okay. I've been seeing all over the dang place, you know, all these articles about, like, people yelling at her about how she looked in the movies, and I thought that she looked amazing and, like, she could kick the ass of anyone who was dumb enough to talk about her not looking like they wanted her to. I mean, pe- people age, you know, so... And see, I n- neither of us grew up with the movie, and I wonder it's because mm-hmm. these people grew up with the movie, and so they're just used to seeing her at that stage. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah, it's just, there's just a lot of shade out there. And, you know, some people go through some pretty bad stuff over the years. And, you know, she's, she, I mean, you're, you're right. She doesn't look that terrible, but that's just our opinion for not growing up with these movies. And, you know, frankly, I don't, I don't think that anyone necessarily has a right to say to a woman, hey, you should look a certain way for me to respect what you're doing in this film that you, uh, you know, are doing so wonderfully in. Um, yeah. Well, either way, I think she's laughing all the way to the bank. So. Oh, oh, absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, what did you um, what did you think about her relationship with uh, Han in this movie? Oh, it was so sweet. Um, I love, I love that they're depicted as still having great chemistry. You know, a lot of times in film, older people are depicted as having this kind of like sexless, distant. Uh, like amped up friendship instead of real romance and i felt like there was a lot of affection there a lot of chemistry still um you know it was it was clear that they had shared a life together i loved it yeah it it was really nice to kind of see too how they did act like a like a married couple even you know it was pretty realistic you know sometimes married couples separate and when they Mm -hmm. get back together that was pretty realistic for me yeah no i thought it was great and i loved how sad han solo seemed to be without her you know, he had a lot of depth to missing her and feeling like he, you know, didn't deserve to go back to her. But I just thought it was great. Yeah. Um, okay, do you want to get into Chewie and Han Solo? We'll pair them up together yeah. since they were together most of the time. Absolutely. Um, did your audience cheer when we first see them together? Yes, there was. There was a lot of reaction. It wasn't, you know, obviously it wasn't opening night. It wasn't a packed house. So the reactions probably weren't as huge as they were when you saw it. Um, but there was definitely a lot of joy at seeing them together. 
Um, and it seemed that they still had the same, you know, awesome friendship. I felt like Chewie got a lot more of a a voice and a personality in this one, which I also yeah. thought was great. We, we we know that he can be cold. Yeah, which was, I thought that was way too funny. Um, my favorite <laughs> scene with him was definitely when he's getting patched up by the nurse at, you know, kind of toward the end. And she's saying, oh, yes, that must have been very scary. Yes, you were very brave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty great. He's he's definitely hitting on her. Um, yeah. That scene actually just brought something up uh, that, that I completely uh, forgot about, but Lupita Nyong'o's role as uh, Maz Kanata. Oh, my God, I loved her. I didn't even know that was uh, her, you know, until after I had seen the movie. Because I was like, you know, I remember Lupita being in the movie. I just didn't know who she played. So we find find out that yeah she uh, you know did the the, the, the mocap and also voiced uh, Maz and uh, the reason I just now remembered because you you know we're talking about Chewie here and apparently she either likes him or they were they used to date or something yeah she says where's my boyfriend <laughs> yeah how funny was that oh my god that was hilarious I loved it and I I, I mean I have so much admiration for Lupita Nyong'o either way she's an incredible woman, incredible actress. I mean, holy crap, that woman is amazing. But I love, I've been hearing a lot about how she intentionally wanted a character where her face wouldn't be seen and where she would look different because there's been a lot of focus on her incredible beauty um, and that she wanted to, you know, showcase her acting abilities without having to focus on that. I thought that was awesome. Like, go girl. That's exactly what I was going to bring up. And, what I read was that um, that it's because like the last time the like the last big role she had was on Twelve Years a Slave, and she didn't want people remembering that when they saw her, you know, the next time like in a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, so uh, it was just that was, that was a very nice article uh, with her there. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, and so do you want to talk about Han Solo? Like, what happened <sighs> with him? Oh man. Okay, so, I mean, throughout the entire film, he was amazing, and I was so happy that he was back. And then that, oh, I keep on having to remind myself that we're, we've already warned away with spoilers. Yeah. I cannot believe what happened. I was freaking out. I was completely freaking out in the theater um, when Kylo Ren stabbed him with the lightsaber. I kind of, I felt like I kind of saw it coming because Kylo Ren is like, you know, I don't know if I have the strength to do what I need to do. And I was like, well, we all know that what you need to do is kill your father, right? Like, that's like the Oedipal story that you're going through right now. Yeah. Um, but I, there was this piece of me that was like, no, it's not going to happen because he, he put his helmet down and he's handing over the lightsaber and the lightsaber looks like it's sideways. So it'll be good. And they're going to, you know, hug and then Kylo Ren will go home and make cookies with his mom. And then when he stabbed him, oh my god, my heart just broke. Oh gosh. Um, be, be, before I forget, what kind of cookies does Kylo Ren like? Snickerdoodles. Okay, I I, I like those too. Uh, so I, I can yeah, probably hang with they're, them. They're a good cookie. Yeah. Okay. Probably probably shaped like a lightsaber, perhaps. Yes, definitely. Okay, uh, but at what point? Did you know this was coming? Because uh, I've heard some podcasts where, you know, these huge fans, they knew uh, w- one person said that he knew immediately when Han Solo was walking around the uh, Millennium Falcon and was 
you know, walking around, touching the walls and stuff, and just kind of like his admiration, like, you know, I, this was my ship, you know, and they knew immediately that he was going to die because, because uh, you know, J.J. Abrams was trying to make us love him again, right? Because he's like oh. one of the best characters on screen, like ever. And oh, so that's the, cruel. So they, so, so they knew right away. And for me, it was pretty much during the scene. Like I, I didn't get the cues where, uh, see, and this went over my head. I didn't, I, I, I didn't even think about how Ray and Finn and Chewie, they're so far away from him that they can't even save him if something went down. So mm-hmm. they're on this bridge, just the two of them together. I didn't even think about that. But the, the point for me is when um, Kylo Ren was starting to, you know, kind of when he's fighting with the light side. Right where, where he's like, you know, I, I need your help, or you know, it, I, it's been a few weeks since I've seen it, so you know, I'm yeah. kind of re- misremembering the the quotes. But at that point, I'm like, there's no way he could be turning completely to the light side right now because we still, you know, got some ways to go in this movie. Something's happening right here, so that's when I figured it out. When did you figure it out? I think I knew as soon as Han Solo started walking out onto that tall bridge deal which Mm -hmm. just you know a side note the architecture of all of the dark side stuff is just made for people to fall off of it i don't know why they don't put safety rails anywhere i i Um, don't know what they suspend themselves from while they're creating these crafts you know it's it's outer space magic ah ah, i think we can be a little hand wavy with that there we go perhaps Um, they had some um some jedis you know using the force to levitate them as they build things exactly Okay. But All yeah, right. it was as soon as he started walking out on the bridge, the the way that that was filmed, he is so small in this vast darkness, you know, and it really felt to me like, oh no, oh, something bad's going to happen. But also, you know, again, I have a really, really bad fear of heights. So I also had that feeling when we uh. were first introduced to Ray and she was up, you know, in a high place dangling um, and nothing bad happened to her there. So that might uh-huh. also just be my, uh, my own internal foreboding. Okay. Um, and then I guess our last character, Luke Skywalker, what'd you think of his hair? <laughs> I thought it was much better. I love the beard. I'm a okay. beard fan. All right. Um, All right. He wasn't whining. You know, it, great, great um, movie because he wasn't, in most <laughs> again, I loved Mark Hamill. Adore Mark Hamill. I was so glad that Luke was not a focus in this film. Um, I had asked on Twitter, you know, if in the new movie Luke finally gets a job, and my good friend Sunil Patel had said, "Well, sort of." And at the point in the movie where we find out that Luke is lost and no one can find him, he leans over and he says, "Yeah, see, Luke did get a job. His job is being lost." which I thought was too good. Um, But, you know, it's Luke, again, has driven the plot by abandoning people in their hour of need to go and pout because he feels like he didn't do a good enough job as a teacher. It's like, you know, let dude pull yourself together and do a better job next time. Um, I, I know quite a few teachers very well, and they struggle a lot, and they have students who go bad, and they don't run away and leave the school to, you know, well, I guess, leaving the school to get lasers shot at it by a star killer would be a stretch. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I, I think he should be ashamed of himself. Yeah, and I'm, I'm I sure he is. My hope is that at that cut scene, 
you know, the very end, it's him and Ray on, like, the cliffside and the big sweeping shot. I was hoping that she just walks over, puts her hand right in the middle of his chest and shoves, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Probably not going to happen. <laughs> probably not. Did you, um, were you disappointed with the ending, just how abrupt it was? Not at all. No, I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was a great setup for the sequel. Okay. Um, I, I frankly was not disappointed by anything about this movie. It was magnificent. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The uh, When it ended, I go, wait a minute, where's the other four hours of this movie? But I was still yeah. fine with it. <laughs> I, you know, I have heard a lot that in the original series, I've been hearing a lot about Star Wars over the last couple of days, in case you hadn't guessed, but um, in, when people were watching the original trilogy, when the first movie came out, they had a problem in the theaters because people would just stay in the theater to watch it again and then stay in the theater to watch it again. And they had to start sending ushers in to clear people out of the theater. And I had, you know, I heard that and I was like, that's weird. Who wants to sit and watch the same movie again and again? When The Force Awakens ended, I didn't want to leave. I wanted to stay and watch it again. It was so good. I'm there right with you. Uh, matter of fact, my tweet after the movie was basically just kind of asking a uh, rhetorical question. Would the ushers catch me if uh, if I try to hide under my seat for the next showing? They might sweep you up with the popcorn. <laughs> they, they they just might. They just might. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I am a pop, popcorn guy, so I, I would not mind that. You know, free popcorn, you know. Yeah, very. Yeah, gross. <laughs> a, a little dirt doesn't hurt anybody. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Both characters. Yeah, absolutely right. Minerals and protein, I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine for me. Uh, yeah. Any last thoughts with The Force Awakens? Um, if you're listening to this, and for some reason you listened to this the whole way through and you haven't seen it yet, and I'm so sorry for spoiling every single thing about it for you, go see it and then go see it again because it's amazing. Absolutely, I agree with that. Now, um, because you watched all three four movies here uh four through seven in a span of a week right that's about yeah about a week yeah yep how would you uh how would you rank this with the other three movies like uh like in what what would it be would you be able to put them in order of how you like them oh From, man yeah I, I know it's tough but yeah if you can't do it just then you you don't have to but uh i just thought it'd be a good question to ask no, no, I think that... How about this? Maybe we don't put them in order, but but maybe we rephrase it and say, like, which one would you go back and see more? Oh, definitely The Force Awakens. Definitely. Okay, so, so so you would choose The Force Awakens over the other three? Yes. Of the other okay. three, I think that the second one is my favorite one. Okay. So I'm probably go like back. Four, four, two, one, three in order. Four two, four two one three. Oh, okay, I see. So let me. So Force Awakens, mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back, yeah. uh, A New Hope, and then Return of the Jedi last. Yes. Oh gosh, I guess I'm supposed to do like seven. That's okay. You know what? I think a lot of a lot of people discredit the the prequels. So so you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you can if you can translate it in post, I'm sure that. Uh, the the people who will send me angry messages will thank you for it. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I I think people I think most people would agree with you. Uh, those are the yeah. actual real numbers. So so I think oh, we'll okay. find well, it. I, I don't think yeah I don't think the editing is needed. Um, I okay. I have yet to meet somebody. 
Well, I know one person that thinks the prequel are better, but we won't go there. Yeah. That's not okay. on this, not on this episode, and I'm not going to drop his name. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> for, for the, the bus. I'm not going to throw him under the bus. And for those that you know follow the show, I, I think they may have an idea, but I'll leave it at that. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, so I, I think that's a that's a really good order. You know, I I uh, I definitely think, in my opinion, the Force Awakens is the most fun I've had in a very long time uh, in any of the Star Wars movies. So, in the phrasing that we just used, you know, which ones would I keep going to revisit? Um, you know, I understand the place that the original trilogy has in pop culture and the impact it has made in millions of people's lives, but. Uh, I, I would go back and rewatch Force Awakens more often than I would uh, any of the other movies at this point. But uh, and and I agree with your order. I would do the same thing: um, Force Awakens, and then Empires, A New Hope, and then Return of the Jedi. So I'm right there with awesome. you. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. I feel like I, I feel like I got it right. <laughs> well, you know that's up for the debate, but but we we are on the same same uh, Tie Fighter for sure. Awesome. I'm glad I think to hear that it. joke. I don't think that joke really hit with anybody, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Well, you know, thank you for returning and doing this review and, and putting your thoughts out. I, I'm, I am very certain that uh, a lot of your uh, new followers that uh, start following you because of your live tweets will uh, enjoy your take um, on this or just you know what you have to say about this movie. But for those that again missed the first episode. You know, why don't you go ahead and pimp out, you know, your website, uh, you know, some some of your work and things like that. And again, I'll include all of this on the on the show notes for easier access. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, my uh, my pimping here, I'm a writer. I write short stories and have a couple of articles that are going to be coming out in the new year. Um, you can find links to everything that's been published and uh, links to everything that's coming up on my website at sarah gailey writes stuffsquarespacecom And one of my short stories um, called Bargain, which is one of my only comedic short stories, was just published for free at Mothership Zeta magazine, which um, I'm sure Peter will put a link to in the show notes. So you can go and read it there for free. Um, and then hopefully you'll buy their magazine, which is fabulous and has a lot of other great stories in it. All right. And uh, again, Sarah, I want to uh, thank you for uh, coming on to the show. Um, and also, again, if you missed the first episode, which I, I'm still like, you know, you should have caught that one first. Uh, you did mention that somebody is sending you the prequel uh, movies. And uh, once you get that and find some time, you plan on live tweeting those as well. Yeah, I'll either, I'll either live tweet or I'll review depending on uh, how how bad they are. If there's that I've been hearing, I might not be able to bring myself to live tweet. <laughs> yeah, but I think it would be funny because if they are that bad, then you'd be talking a lot of shit. That's true. Yeah, so that actually might be funnier. So yeah, so we will have to see. Though people, you need to follow Sarah at. Um, I'm sorry. What, what is it? Gailey Frey. F R E Y. Gailey Frey. Yep. That's and right. And again, yeah. So I. Um, you know, in the show notes, your name will be uh, a hyperlink that will take you straight to your Twitter and obviously uh, your link to your uh, bargain story. That will be on there as well and uh, a link to your Squarespace. So all of those will be on the show notes. So uh, definitely check those out. Perfect. Thank you so much, Peter. I just want to thank Sarah again for spending the time with me to give her thoughts on the movie. 
I had such a blast talking with her. She is cool as hell. You guys all need to follow her on Twitter. And again, everything that she had just mentioned will be in the show notes. So for more content of Hydrate Level 4, you can visit followingfilms.com where you can also find other great shows such as Original Remake, Pop Culture Case Studies, True Romance Film Podcast, Following Films, and also War Machine vs. Warhorse. Some of the other shows that I do, I also cover the Back to the Future, the animated series on a podcast at barrenspace.com. Also, I do a weekly list show where Devin and I, we cover our five favorite of said topic at cartoonparts.com, and the show is called We Got Five. To interact with me, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at HLFpodcast. If you want to email in, HLFpodcast at gmail.com. And please rate and review on iTunes and Stitcher. So until the next episode, I'm Peter, and this is Hydrate Level 4. Hydrate Level 4.